Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. So glad that you are joining us wherever you may be. My name is Craig Henson. I am your host, and I'm happy to be joined today by Worship Pastor Spencer Zook. Hey, what's going on? Greenville Worship Pastor Brennan Henson. Not related to the host. Not related. And uh, Production Director Jacob Hammond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to be here. You guys doing good today? Everybody doing good? Yeah, I mean, so good. It's a good so day. Good. Got some Starbucks. Yes, the let's go. nice. Oh, the weather is fantastic. Stuff. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening, thanks again for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And you can always hit us up. Uh, drop us a comment or a question at info at marathonchurch.org. Y'all, we are in this series called... When Love Comes to Town, and we're focused on helping our people move from the seats to the streets to serve people. And uh, on Sunday, Greenville Campus Pastor Reggie Smith and I had the opportunity to talk about the Good Samaritan. And uh, I don't know if the message, you know, hit home for anybody else, but it, it did. It did for me. And uh, my preparation for that message was really convicting, uh, heartfelt, and. Uh, Hopefully, um, I learned to be a, a better neighbor. Dude, that was the was, message, like a good neighbor. So It was so good. I, I listened back through it um, after Sunday and um, listened to it before this podcast just to get a refreshing um, on it. And, dude, it was so good. The way you broke down the, the scripture and the story and, and applied it, like it was, it was awesome. Awesome, man. Appreciate that. We, yeah. I learned so much, and, and one of the things that I really had to – uh, reconcile was that like almost everybody in America knows this story. Yeah. They might not know it verbatim or necessarily from the scripture, but, and when I asked for, you know, like a show of hands, almost everybody that was present on Sunday had heard the story of the good Samaritan. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think about this, but because it's so familiar, I think it's lost its impact. Right. People don't get the context of it. And and I think that's a, a lot of, of the Bible right now. But the more you dig into context of Scripture, it always amazes me how the Bible is so relevant. Like it stands the test of time in anything. Um, so that's that's what's really, really cool about this story. Yeah, I loved it that in the Scripture, whenever Jesus answers a question with a question it's mm-hmm. like look out <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> here it comes you know and the the story that he tells um to really understand it you have to understand the hatred among the jews and the samaritans um and of course we have that other account um i think it's in john 4 where jesus talks to the woman at the well who's a samaritan and so you you see him trying to bridge these gaps. And uh, I think culturally in America, we have so many gaps. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, racial, political, um, philosophical, we have all these gaps uh, in our culture today. And it just really hit me that we, ha- we have to figure out a way to bridge those gaps, to see everybody as our neighbor, no matter who they are or where they come from. Yeah, and I mean, even thinking about who Jesus was talking to in this, like he's talking to... A teacher of the religious like law and it's i think it's so cool because we talk about filling those gaps and 
and how to speak truth into those things and and I just think it's cool that Jesus kind of shows us how to do it like right here um, because he says well, what does the law of Moses say um, how do you read it you know and so he's he's speaking to them in a way that they understand it you know he's talking to them about what they know and using it to teach them uh, truth um, so yeah I, I just saw that and I was like man I love that. That's that's the reason why we do what we do. Those are, you know, values. And so it just stuck out to me. I was like, man, that's a cool one. One of the one of the things that hit me hard in this, well, one of the cool things about Marathon Church is that we have a, a teaching team. And so when I get a teaching assignment, I have several weeks uh, to work on it. And so I obviously was digging into commentaries and, and text and all that kind of stuff. But then you have like a chance to like, hey, what did what did this preacher say about it? Whatever, and I, I actually listened to Andy Stanley, and he, mm-hmm. he he's the one that that brought the Leviticus nineteen eighteen passage to, uh, to my mind. And in Leviticus nineteen eighteen, God is giving Moses the law, and he says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, but he actually defines neighbor. He says, your fellow Israelite. So for the people in that crowd that day that Jesus is talking to, when they hear love your neighbor, they think the people that look like me, mm. believe mm-hmm. like me, talk like me, act like me. And and I think to a great extent, we're kind of there in America. Like yeah. we only want to love on the people that are just like us, you know? Well, even in the church, like mm-hmm. there are so many gaps there's so like we we might differ in in some theology and i mean i know a year ago and several years ago i, I would have hated people who didn't believe the exact same things yeah that's a great point and um we we had a bible study this morning before this and all of us have very differing beliefs and it, it's really sobering to discuss that and, and to discuss these different opinions but not not kill each other Learn from it, yeah, and and be like, hey, at the end of the day, we believe Jesus is the Son of the Living God, and that He died and He rose again, and He saves us from sin, and 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 we want to go preach the gospel, and and I think it's cool that that God has has given us the opportunity to do that, and I, and it's giving me a desire to strive for more of those moments with with fellow believers, but also the world, too. Yeah, and I think that, that Jesus' main point with with the story of the Good Samaritan is is that he was redefining neighbor. Yeah. For all of them, but for all of us as well. And I feel like that at the end of Jesus' story that day, like it must have been there there must have been a hush over that crowd, like um like not not anybody making a peep or a move, you know? And and I have to say it was kinda like that in the worship center <laughs> on Sunday. It was it, it was pretty quiet in there because the, this question of who is my neighbor, it required me to dig deep to see if there's any racism left in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it caused me to really think about how I feel about somebody who disagrees with me politically mm-hmm. or theologically yeah. or, you know, or whatever it might be. Because we just, um, you know, Clemson fans, Carolina fans, and, you know, our people laugh, but they're at the same time they're like, 
Like I, I've heard people in our church who are a fan of one of those teams or the other, like say awful things to other people that are oh, fans yeah. of the others. There's some major tension there. It's it's like a real thing, and and we can kind of joke with it. And I'm kind of removed from it because I'm not from around here. But that's like real, and so um, I th- I think it I think we help people really dig kind of deep in their heart to to see if they do consider everybody their neighbor. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think um, a couple weeks ago, I don't know if it was the first week or second week of the series, but we were in our life group discussion, we were talking about it. And I was like, you know, for me, I I just find it so much easier to to help somebody that um, that thinks like me and acts like me. But when you when it goes to helping somebody else, like I struggle with that because you don't you don't trust that person. You don't know what's going to happen. Like even when it comes to people off the streets, you know, and, and helping like homeless people, I hesitate with that mm-hmm. because you don't know what they're going to do with it. You right. know, mm-hmm. um, as so we're helping somebody near you, like you can see, you can almost help guide them through it and in a sense control it. But like this, the good Samaritan story kind of just breaks that mold of like, man, you don't get to control the outcome. Um, you're just supposed to do what God called you to do and love your neighbor and um, God will handle the outcome. So. Yeah, we actually had the exact same conversation in my group. Yeah. And and I'm not going to lie, I struggle with giving uh, resources to people mm-hmm. who won't work when there's a help wanted sign 15 feet from them right. here in our area. I, I really struggle yeah. with that. Uh, and, you know, I'm I'm praying and hoping that God will help me get over that. A little bit, but it that that is a struggle for me. There's so many, you know, our work, work culture in America is so weird right now. Um, it seems like every retail or food, you know, business or shop needs help right now. So there's there's work available. In fact, even a lot of the plants around here, you know, are wanting work, um, and. So it's that that's a struggle for me. I'm not gonna lie. That's a hard one for me. Yeah, that's that's uh that's cool. That I think I think it's really awesome that we we have pastors who carry a humility to just like be real and talk about that um, and admit like, hey, yeah, we still struggle. Like we're still trying to figure that out, you know. Um, so I, I I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, and I think that. You know, for for so many of us, especially people in my generation, like it w- it was like Jesus, family, and work ethic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. and and it's it's really hard for us if if we perceive that somebody doesn't have a strong work ethic, it's really hard for us to be compassionate toward them. Sure. And and that's that's how I perceive this person holding this sign. Mm. You know, on this busy, you know, thoroughfare where we live, and. I, so it is. It's a struggle for me, um, and yeah, I'm 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 working on it. You know, for sure. <laughs> I uh, I was kind of looking at a commentary um, just before this, just to to recap. And it's interesting how Jesus is always talking to these these religious people, yeah. and he's always being like passive aggressive, but very obviously passive aggressive, and. Uh, the, the priests and the Pharisees, they they thought this guy was dead, but they didn't even care to go see if this person needed help. They were just worried about like, oh, if I get anywhere near it, 
even if like my shadow touches it, I'll be yeah. unclean. And and Jesus is saying like, hey, that doesn't that doesn't matter. Like love your neighbor as yourself. Love love people as yourself. Um I just I just imagine that was such a such a harsh thing for for him to deliver, but it it convicts me to go, you know, sometimes I don't want to stop and talk to somebody. Maybe I'll feel a pull in my heart, but but there's been times where I'm just like, no, because I, I got I got things to do. Yeah. I got mm-hmm. business to tend to. And I think God is really encouraging us and challenging us to to say, Hey, what if that was you? What if you needed encouragement from me? What if, what if you were down and and a stranger was disobedient to me saying, Hey, give like say this to this person, talk to this person, love on this person, and they were too busy. Like, would you want that for yourself? That that's a convicting thing for me to hear. Yeah, for sure. And I I, I love it in this particular case that like this guy's the guy that asked the question, you know, Luke records for us that he was an an attorney literally in the law of Moses. So he knows it frontwards and backwards and so we shouldn't be surprised when he gives the right answer. You know, what does it say and how do you read it? And he's like, "Well, love love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself." And Jesus is like, "Good answer." Like you can <laughs> recite it back to me. <laughs> You know, I feel like that's us, that's us a lot of times. Man, I can recite it back to you. Yeah. Yeah. But can I actually live in it? Man. Yep. That's yeah. tough. Like the, it's always crazy to to go revisit some of these stories because the the amount of religion that like Jesus had to deal with and that like he broke with the stories that he told. And um, man, I wasn't gonna tell this story, but I feel like it it just fits so well. Um. Here recently, I was I was having a lunch with uh, a couple youth pastors that um, we've done some events with and stuff. And there was a new youth pastor there that's going to be a part of um, an event that we're doing. And um, he later on in the uh, in the lunch, he said, "Oh man, I didn't know that Marathon Church was going to be a part of this." And uh, he's like, "That's gonna that's gonna be an issue for us." And um, his church, he's like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to talk to my leadership and my deacons about if we can do this event now, because you guys are going to be a part of it. And I was like, <laughs> I, at first I thought it was a joke. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I was like, ha, I started to kind of chuckle. And then I realized like, no, this dude is for real. <laughs> like this yeah. dude is serious. Like he's not going to let his students come to this event because marathon's a part of it. Like I'd never like come across that spirit of religion that heavy. And I was like, my heart was broken because it's like our, this is, you know, our, our community, our students. And, um, dude, I was like, at first I was like just raging. I was like, man, this is messed up, bro. Like, why would you even say that to me? Like with me sitting right here. And, uh, we, we talked a little bit about it and, um, you know, I, I feel like I just ended up, you know, just being like, well, dude, this is what, we believe and and one of my friends that was there too was just like man it doesn't matter you know what church they're from or whatever if a if a um catholic church or a methodist church or whatever from down the road wants to be a part of this and come hear the gospel and come worship jesus like they're welcome you know they're Mm -hmm. welcome in that but um man it was just it was crazy to see like that mindset of of religion 
is still in our community. It's still within our churches. And we, we got to break that, you know, and I don't know, man, it was just, it was just real for me in that moment where it's like, oh my goodness, dude. And, and you know what, we're going to, I'm leading worship uh, for this event and like, we're going to go worship Jesus and do what we, what we went, we're going there to do and lead those students in worship, no matter who's there. And I'm just praying that God completely just takes down walls and barriers between um, these churches and stuff because it's it was brutal but yeah i mean it exists really at such a micro level mm-hmm. and and sometimes because we're blessed to be a part of marathon we forget yeah. about it i think it's uh, never a thought in our yeah, in our minds it, like oh you're right. another yeah. another church another like label like type of church you know it, it's interesting because I think we would say, hey, those are brothers and sisters in Christ, but we're not allowed to be their neighbor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't want us to be their neighbor. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that really hit me about the parable of the Good Samaritan as I got ready for this this time is that the, the priest and the Levite or the temple assistant, whatever you want to call him, like by by the attorney standard, they failed the test. Like his, his 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 he says God's standard is love him with everything you have, love your neighbor as yourself. So the two religious guys in Jesus' story failed. They failed the test, and I think we spent a, a lot of time focusing on that. Yeah. Um. But I think Jesus really points that out so that we will understand that. Um our neighbor is any other human being. Yeah. It doesn't matter how close or how far. And that's what I was going to say on the back of Spencer's story is um, whenever I was young, you know, of course, like me and my brother always, you know, got in fights and uh, <laughs> only a few physical ones, but mostly just, you know, verbal and that sort of thing. Who won though? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was always my brother and Tuck got a little bigger. And then my version of winning was just, just being like sitting on top of him, so, <laughs> so um, you but, guys don't know Jacob's like six four, <laughs> yeah, and a couple bills, yeah, just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but you know, me, me and my brother were always arguing and fighting, and um, my dad was like, Jacob, why do you have the least amount of patience for the people that are closest to you? Hmm. And I was like, wow. I Like, I never thought about that. Um, and I think, you know, even with that story that Spencer told, a lot of times we have the least amount of patience, respect, or, you know, you name it, um, that God tells us love um, to have for the people that are closest to us. Um, maybe we're uh, short-tempered with our wife or... Um, our mother-in-law or um, our parents or, um, you know, brother or sister. Um, But it was just one of those things where, um, like you said, like our neighbor is literally any other human being, Mm -hmm. uh, no matter how far. Uh, Like like Spencer said earlier, like being able to control the outcome. If they're far away, like we're supposed to love that person. And if they're right beside Right, right by our side, we're supposed to love that person the same too, um, and I think we just, you know, it can't be skewed either way. 
Like it, it doesn't matter yeah. who it is. It makes me. You have to love. It makes me think of uh, when Jesus says, "I've, I've not come to call the righteous, but mm-hmm. I've come to call sinners to repentance." And um, y- you know, you see these religious guys and in the text, and they're just like, "Hey, I got it. Like I'm righteous. I'm good." And Jesus is like, "If you think that, mm-hmm. like I'm not calling you. If you're good on your own standards, I'm not calling you. I'm ca- I'm calling the ones who, who know they're they're sinners." And who need repentance, and who need redemption, and who need a savior. Uh, if you, if you don't think you need a savior, then try to be your own savior and see what happens. And and um, I just think this story highlights the humility that we have to carry day in and day out to to realize it's we're not we could never be good enough. We're not good by our own standards. We are good because a good God calls us good. Yeah. We're righteous because a good God calls us righteous, and Jesus stands almost as that lens that God looks through and sees sees yeah. us. And yeah. um, that's the gospel. That's the good news is that we have that Savior. And um, man, I, I love how cut and dry Jesus is. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not calling the righteous. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, to be honest, and that's the reason why we're doing this series is yeah. is not only like. Not only to share the gospel, but to to teach our our church, the people who are willing to listen, like, hey, you know, these are the values that that Jesus taught, and it's it's to make you, it's to make your life better and, and make you better at life, you know, and then in turn, we go, okay, well, you know, we like you you need a solution to a problem. And Jesus is the answer to your problem. And it's like we were talking about uh, even before we hit record. Um, you know, the world has problems that, that we have the answers to that they don't have an answer to. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and so I just think, you know, if if we want uh, – let's be honest. Like, the, in the world, I mean, like – the, the world outside of church. Like people far from God, people outside of church, yep. they don't trust the church. Not not Marathon Church, but the church. Like they don't trust the governing body of the church. Yes. And it's our job is to reinstill that trust in the church it for this generation. Um and so how do we do that? By teaching our people to love their neighbor. And in real tangible ways, um, like you kind of ended with, with, you know, a good neighbor sees a need and meets it, knows the price and pays it, and doesn't talk themselves out of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's important. I, like mine would have been like all those three, and the fourth one would have been like, and doesn't do it only once a year at Christmas. You yeah, know? <laughs> I think that's a great point. Because, like, and not, and not to say it, like, we didn't purposely leverage Love Week right here before Christmas, but it just kind of landed that way whenever we wanted to do the series and, and we thought our church needed it. But I think it's important for us to remember that, like, we're teaching these values, not for you, not for our church to practice them during Love Week, but for anybody that will listen, will practice them day in and day out. In their jobs, in their in their in their workplaces, in the coffee shop, whenever you're, you know, just working on your computer or 
with your family at Thanksgiving dinner. Um, it can be a little hard to love people then too. And, and I think that that that's my biggest takeaway is that we have to do this day in and day out or else it doesn't matter if we do it once a year, it doesn't matter. Uh, that, that's a great point, Jacob. And, and, we are wrapping this series up with with Love Week, uh, November thirteenth through the twentieth, and you know that's a big week for us. All kinds of amazing service projects in the community. Over a hundred people already signed up just here at the Powdersville campus to go and do that. But you make a great point, Jacob. We're trying to teach our people to do this day in, day out, yeah. not not once a year during some service week. Yeah, um, yeah. We want you to serve Love Week, but yeah. we want it to be. And every day, just part of your fiber, part of your life. Yeah. And and what I want to say on the back of it is, like, I don't want to discount Love Week at all. No, not at all. This is this is an opportunity for us to do an event that shows our community that we're really what we say we are. But all throughout the year, you know, we're telling our people, like, hey, you know, buy the person's coffee behind you at Starbucks or pay for the person's meal or if you see someone that needs a ride like and and the lord tells you to give them a ride like give them a ride tip well um, yeah <laughs> tip well uh, yeah. listen to the holy spirit and do the things that god has told us to do and it's in a lot of ways it's almost that simple um but you know it's it's something that we're telling our people all year long and even our church is i would say practicing it the entire way um not to, you know, we're we're consistently practicing. I I don't want to like brag on the church or anything, but we're consistently practicing, you know, loving on people through giving sacrificially and stuff like that. And, um, you know, whether it may be like paying someone's power bill or, um, you know, providing uh, something for a nonprofit or or whatever. You know, like we're consistently sure. doing that throughout the year. And I will say this, like, we don't always hit the, hit the nail on the head. Um, we have to be humble, and we have to say, like, sometimes we miss it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I think that this is something that, you know, yes, we have love week coming up. But this has to be something that we do day in and day out. Yeah, I think that was another big takeaway for me in the preparation for this is that that Jesus is teaching them that your relationship with God is obviously vertical, but it's also horizontal. Mm-hmm. And and for me, and I didn't say it explicitly this way, but but this is how I feel for myself personally. Look at if I I can say I love Jesus and that I'm in in an intimate relationship with Jesus, but if I don't love and serve my neighbor, then I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you can't separate those two. You, you can't, you know, live, breathe, act like you love Jesus with all your, you know, heart, soul, mind, and strength, but not let, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Um, and if, if you do, there's a disconnect. And, and so for me, it, it, it was really, it really impressed me that, that my relationship with Jesus and my intimacy with Jesus is dependent upon my relationship with people. You can't yeah. separate them. Yeah. Yeah, and I, go ahead. Well, um, it just reminded me of the John thirteen thirty four and thirty five, when when Jesus says, "I give you a new commandment mm-hmm. to love one another as I've loved you," and and this is how the world will know that yeah. you follow me. 
I'm like, man, that's a that's a pretty big deal. If that we should we should probably love like Jesus, and you know, how do we love like Jesus if we don't spend time with Him, and yeah. if we don't if we don't love others, they're not going to know that we follow Him, and ultimately, then they're not going to know Him. So that that horizontal thing too yeah. is, I mean, it's both. Jesus yeah. was always taking it to a next level too. Like he was always saying, "You've always heard it's this way, but it's really this way." Yeah. And then in that passage, he even takes it up another notch. You've heard me say, "Even love your neighbor as yourself," but it's really, really, there's something better than that. Love them like I love you. Yeah. And that's a whole another level. Oh yeah. yeah. And and what I love too is is what you said and and kind of gotten from Andy. Um, whenever. He was, you were talking about redefin- Jesus was redefining what a neighbor was. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what we have to do today. We have to go into our workplaces, you know, into the environments we're in day, out, day in and day out. And we have to redefine what a neighbor is for the people around us. Yeah. And is we it have State to- Farm or no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Sorry, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I just think, you know, why, why is there so much distrust in the church? I think it's because if, if we're being honest, the church hasn't been a good neighbor. And I think we have to redefine who we are to this generation. Yeah. I mean, Jesus looked 2000 years in the future and he tells a story and he says, some of you that claim to be Jesus followers are going to be just like these two guys in this story. Yeah. And and the world is not going to care what you say because of what you do or don't do. Yeah. It it brings me back to the last uh, last night, me, Brendan, and our youth pastor, Jared, we, we talked about worship in the youth and... Um, it was really cool. We did like a kind of panel thing, like an open discussion kind of like this. And um, one of the main things that like I tried to instill in them was that like worship is a lifestyle, which means it doesn't mm-hmm. stop. And I think we just get in this uh, vertical mentality as you yes. used where we come to church and it's all like worship God. I love you. You know, thank you, mm-hmm. Jesus. And we we get in that moment and we sing songs about his goodness his faithfulness we hear um solid teaching and then like we step outside of the walls we leave the parking lot and we act nothing like um what jesus wants us to to do and like we don't carry his presence with us we don't carry it into our workplaces and as jacob said it's every day it's every day every moment that um you should be aware of of the presence of god in you if you if you are a follower of jesus and um this is that lifestyle that it you know if you're at church like it's vertical and then when we go out into the world outside of these walls that's when it becomes horizontal and we show it by our love and and I miss the mark on that too um, you know a lot and so I got to look within and um, also evaluate how I'm living and and it's real easy to to not do that to just worship God yep. when you're supposed to in in the church on a Sunday morning but. Um, to try to carry it with me everywhere I go is yeah. is um is tough. And and I just want to be real like all of us sitting here in this discussion 
We're, we're perfect, all... right? <laughs> we're so perfect. No. I'm so good at this. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, what I was going to say. Don't ask our wives. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is I, I think if you were to ask any one of us, we would say that, you know, we probably have it easy. Uh, we get the privilege to to be here at Marathon Church and, and provide um, services and, and um you know, and to be able to work here and um, work in this environment of a church. Yeah. Um, so it's probably a little easier for us to carry, or you would think that it would be easier for us to carry um, God into our workplace. Um, and I mean, I will say this, like sometimes we even fall short of that. Um, and so I just want to acknowledge the person on the other end of this who is walking in in and out of corporate world every day or onto a construction site or whatever. And I just want to say, like, we see you and and we acknowledge that you don't have it easy um, to take Jesus into your workplace, to take God's yeah. presence with you. Um, but it, it it doesn't excuse it, though. That's right. You know, we, we still have to um, carry that challenge, you know. And so, to, to the people listening, I just want to—I want to challenge you. Um, redefine what a neighbor looks like to the people in your workplace, to the to your family, to your wife, to your kids, um, to your crazy mother-in-law. <laughs> um, I'm lucky that I'm blessed with a good one, um, but. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there because <laughs> I feel like I've talked about crazy mother-in-laws too much. Yeah, that's the second time, bro. What, <laughs> yeah. what are you trying to say? I mean, really. Well, but, I feel like I should confess, Craig, there's a thumbtack on your chair when you go back to your office that I put there. <laughs> so, you know, watch out. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I'm just messing. Y'all, this is a great conversation. And we did try to, you know, package this and make it memorable for you at the end. If If you see a need, meet it. Know the price and pay it, and don't talk yourself out of it. And that third point was especially for me. I'm trying not to talk myself out of it. And Jacob's fourth was don't do it once a year. That's right. (laughs) Make it every day. Anything else you guys want to add to this conversation today? It was so good. It It could probably go on for forever, honestly. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Hey, I just want to tell everybody, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Yes. It is such an honor to get to be able to, to do this. Um and and I just want to say thank you guys for listening. Um, you don't know what it means to us here at Marathon Church that you would just choose to play a podcast and 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 listen to uh, us guys uh, share what we know about Jesus. Yeah, so. so good. Thanks for joining me, guys. Hey, uh, find and follow us on social media at Marathon Church. Send us a question or comment at info at marathonchurch.org. And make sure that you... Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) And uh, we will talk to you next time.